0: is September 11, 2022, and we're at lesson two on God made husband and wife as we're studying early human history in the book of Genesis, the first 11 chapters, so we'll be in chapter two today, and we have taken prayer requests, so I'm going to ask Brother Mickey to go ahead and lead us in prayer if he would.
1: Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for Lord that you're with us to guide us and direct us, Lord, and administer the needs within our life. Lord, today, Heavenly Father, we look back on the devastation that happened 21 years ago to our nation. Father, we pray today for those families that lost loved ones, and we thank you for those responders, Heavenly Father, that uh, went into those buildings to rescue people. Lord, we just thank you for men who and, and women who will do that because their their own lives are at stake, but, Lord, they, they feel like they had to go. Father, today we lift them up unto you and ask you to minister unto the families that have lost loved ones, Lord, in that tragedy. Heavenly Father, today we thank you, Lord, that you are with us to guide us and direct our nation, Lord, as we see your healing in your presence in our midst lord we thank you for each and every one lord today we lift up betty moody to you father thank you lord that you answer and heal each and every need within our bodies lord we just ask you to be with her and doctors as they rightly diagnose what needs to be done thank you lord that the healing process has begun and lord we look forward to the complete healing in her body lord we thank you for ministering to alice uh, mary alice and dennis heavenly father we pray today lord that they would find favor with this landlord heavenly father and that that everything would go smooth and well and that they would be able to get the uh, house that they're looking at father today we just thank you lord that you are with us to guide us and direct us each and every step of the day lord and we thank you for it lord we pray for healing in our services today, yes. the anointing of your Holy Spirit to be manifest throughout the day, God, each and every life class, each and every boys and girls class. Heavenly Father, we just lift them up to you today, those that are teaching, those that are ministering. Yes. Heavenly Father, may all be done to glorify and to magnify your holy name. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: All right, so as I... Mentioned, we're looking in Genesis, the second chapter today, and uh, our uh, key verse is found in Mark, but it refers back to this story of how God made man and woman. Uh, from the beginning of the creation, it says, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. At least that's the way God intended it to be. The very first, well, first of all, central truth is marriage is ordained by God. And it's between one man and one woman. And uh, anything else is against God's will and and what his word tells us. So the very first relationship that God created after his own relationship with humanity was between man and woman. God created the second human being directly from the first for the express purpose of providing a relationship for the man he had created. At the very beginning of human history, he demonstrated that relationships were at the center of our lives, not only the marriage relationship, but family relationships in general, and other relationships and our relationship with him as well as our creator. And uh, so it's important to study God's word to discover his plan and priorities for marriage. God's creation, including marriage, is very good. However, Satan opposes God's plan and works against biblical marriage, attempting to challenge, weaken, and destroy it, making it necessary for believers to work to protect marriage as God created it. And so what makes human beings feel secure? What gives them a sense of belonging? the variety of trees God placed in the garden, God gave to Adam and Eve all the nutrition that they needed. God walked among them, giving them divine presence in a way humans would not see again until the ministry of Jesus Christ. And God gave Adam and Eve one another and instituted marriage and the family as another way for them to enjoy one another and to glorify God. So that's all in the introduction in our teacher's quarterly anyway. Uh, We're going to be looking in Genesis 2, uh, it says 4 through 8, but we didn't get to do the first three verses last week, so we'll start right at the beginning with verse 1 if... uh,
2: So Genesis 2, 1 through 8? Right. Yes. Okay. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put a man he had formed. All right, good reading, Thank you. Thank you.
0: So first of all, we we see where it mentions the fact that, that God blessed the seventh day and honored it because in six days he created the heavens and the earth. And this is told again by Moses in the fourth commandment of uh, uh, the Ten Commandments when it talks about, you know, to honor the Sabbath day or keep it holy because it says in six days God created the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day, he rested. So that's important to keep in mind when you hear these theories about, well, the first six days of creation could have been 6,000 years, because the day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day. However, it specifically says the evening and morning was the first day. So you don't have the evening and morning. Uh, on those thousand years as just one day, so therefore, uh, it God is God. He can he could have created the whole thing in one day if he wanted to. I'm sure, but anyway, he stretched it out purposely to uh, provide the things that would be needed for man when man was created, and so man was the last of the creation. Well, Eve was, but. Uh, there's a debate about when Eve was made. Uh, we know that uh, what she read there, that, that God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And uh, all of just about creation, we see where God just spoke it into existence. But he never said, let there be man. Instead, he took time to form man out of the dust to the ground and so th- that's why man is more unique than all the animals and, and any other God's creation because he put man in charge of his creation and that also shows the fact of him being superiority to the uh, creation or superior I should say um, and therefore we see that from the dust of the ground, God created man. And scientists will tell you that we have in our bodies the same elements that's in the ground. And uh, there's there was a uh, joke, I guess, about this scientist that was real um, kind of smart algae. <laughs> And he, he told God, God, we don't need you anymore. We know how to make man. <laughs> and so he said, let's, he said, I challenge you to a man-making contest or something, you know. And so uh, God said, all right. And then the scientists scooped down on the earth. He said, wait a minute, you make your own dirt. <laughs> Man can't even make his own dirt, (laughs) and uh, that was a good illustration that I guess we heard at Bible school or somewhere, and then also the fact that, that as I said, God took time to form man from the dust of the ground. Well, later on, Ezekiel, you know, was in the valley of dry bones and was asked the question, can these bones live again? And of course, Ezekiel wisely said, "You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know." <laughs> and uh, so then, he, there, he told him, "Well, prophesy to these bones." And, and as he prophesied, there was a great shaking, and the bones came together, and there was a whole army that was forming. And and then flesh came on them, and and muscles, and and so it, it kind of showed. All the things that happened, you know, when God created man, because He had to, He had to make bones and 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 all our circulatory systems that we have, but, and uh, uh, and uh, it, but it didn't take Him long, because He did it all in that one day. And as far as we know, He He created Eve later that day too, because you know. The days start in the evening and goes through the next evening. So the evening and the morning, it says, was the first day. So uh, probably Adam was made in the evening time and Eve came along in the morning. <laughs> then came the morning, as the song goes. And another good song for the lesson of one of the best songs is by Bud Chambers, That I think Vestal Goodman and others have sung, Born to Serve the Lord. Because the first verse says, from the dust of the ground, God created man. His breath made man a living soul. Then God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And that is why I love him so. And then the chorus says, I was made in his likeness. I was created in his image. I was born to serve the Lord. And I can't deny him. I always walk beside him for I was born to serve the Lord. And so that really covers what we're studying today about that. And of course, the second verse breaks it down that that, uh, my hands were made to help my neighbor. My eyes were made to read God's word. My feet were made to walk in his footsteps. My body is the temple of the Lord. And so it, it's a beautiful song. If, if you haven't heard it, you can probably Google it on YouTube or something called Born to Serve the Lord, and uh, it will bless you. So uh, what she read there was the uh, creation of Adam there that took place after the... Uh, Five days of creation, because on the sixth day is when Adam was created, and Eve too, Proudly, uh, We know that there had to be some time lapse because Adam had to name all the animals. I don't know if we got to that yet in the verse, so I guess I better wait on commenting on that. But uh, anyway, it talks about no rain there, if you notice, in that uh, fifth verse. God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And as far as we know, that went all the way up to Noah's time. And so this was something new when when God told Noah he was going to send rain because it had been just watered from the midst, or I think she mentioned stream or something, you know, or, or springs, you know, is how it was watered. And... Uh, So, God had a good irrigation system (laughs) before anyone thought of irrigation. And, uh, but it it is interesting that it does note that it had not rained upon the earth. And uh, let's see, that's about, oh yeah, that's very important about the breath of life and how that this distinguished man from other, Creatures that that he has eternal life our Beloved pets and all them. I'm sorry. They don't have eternal life, but uh, man has eternal life and so When a child or baby comes into the world It's an eternal being and it's going to live for eternity So parents especially Christian parents have a responsibility to to Help this child to make right decisions for eternity for them and uh, because they're gonna either live forever with God in heaven or burn forever in hell and because it's an eternal being that we all are so then he planted a garden there it said uh, and All this creation, you know, was to prepare for man to come on the scene. And so he planted a garden, and it was in Eden, it mentions. That's why we call it the Garden of Eden. And uh, it said he put the man whom he had formed. So somehow he picked up the man and put him in the garden. So we don't know exactly where. In the mud pit, he created Adam, but after he created him, he took him and and put him in this beautiful garden. Somehow, <laughs> and uh, I guess he had a mini rapture right away. <laughs> Come up and go somewhere else. Uh, Kurt Cameron, he he has a movie out that came out many years ago called Unstoppable, and he. Uses the book of Genesis. there showing how man began, you know, and and so he he got a actor just covered him with mud (laughs) Something to think about he probably looked pretty muddy all right when so he had to wash himself because all the mud that he was covered with And now Kurt Cameron has a new movie out. I don't I didn't check next door to see if they're showing it but it, it's called Life Mark, and it has to do with adoption instead of abortion. And and it's a true story. The Kendrick Brothers are working with him on it, or worked with him on it. And so, you know, all the Kendrick brother movies are really good. And uh, so I know you'll be blessed if you get to see it, whether it's going to be over here or later on DVD to get it. All right, so going on now, uh, we see a well, man was placed in Eden there, and of course the location of Eden is another story. Uh, this is uh, not that good map to point it out, but anyway, uh, I know Perry Stone and some others believe it was around Jerusalem that uh, Eden was. We always think of it way up there in Iraq because it mentions the Euphrates River, but it it also mentions the the river in Egypt, which is the Nile River. And so uh, the the seat of civilization is in the Middle East and and there probably in Israel that is today, uh, because there is, a place uh, called Adam that uh, you read about when Joshua crossed the River Jordan, it said he rolled it back all the way to Adam. And so uh, if if there's a place called Adam there in in the Middle East, it could very well be where the Garden of Eden was. But anyway, there was a definite location, and we'll go into that now about the rivers. Man alone, though, in, the, in Eden for a while. In Genesis 2, 9 through 17. Uh, Opal, you have that? I Thank do. You. Thank you.
3: And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden <clears throat> to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Hevelah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedlam and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Jehan. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The, the the name of the third river is Hittichol. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die.
0: He kind of added to that commandment because he didn't say anything here about don't touch it. He just said don't eat it. <laughs> Did you have any comments about what you read? <laughs> All right. So uh, we see that man is alone there at first in Eden, but he, God gave man responsibility, and so. Work is not a sin, definitely. Before man sinned, he worked. But it was pleasant work. After all, he didn't have to water the garden. The the Lord took care of watering the garden, but he still had to maybe prune it some and take care of it. Uh, And then God made all these animals, and he made these trees, as we pointed out last week, that God didn't make tables and chairs, but he made the trees to make the tables and chairs. And so God has made everything. Uh, Without the trees, you wouldn't have the wood to make things with. And uh, so therefore, it said that uh, it named all these rivers. That's why I said it kind of helps you locate on a map about where the Garden of Eden would have been because... It it was a vast territory there, and a lot of that territory was later given on to Abraham, because he said, from the river of the Nile all the way to the Euphrates River, I have given to Israel. And of course, they haven't had that possession yet, but they will when Jesus comes back and sets up his kingdom He's going to divide that land between the 12 tribes, and uh, the, the new temple that he builds will be right there in the midst. And uh, so uh, also it's good to notice, I know some of these prosperity preachers like to talk about, God told him right away where the gold was. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that was neat that he told God. By the way, I mean, he told Adam, by the way, there's gold over there and up near Havilah, and uh, also some precious stones, onyx and badiulum, whatever that is. I think they're beautiful stones, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so uh, the Lord then took the man and put him in the garden, as we said, to dress it, to keep it, and. Uh, and he also put in all these trees for them to enjoy the fruit thereof. And so they could enjoy 90% or 99% of the, of the trees, except one. They were not to eat of that forbidden tree because it was forbidden because God had to have a way of testing man whether he was gonna be obedient or not. Of course, God knew he was gonna disobey because God knows all things. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew Christ would have to come and die on the cross before he even created the foundation of the world, we're told. So uh, he knew man would fall, but he didn't cause man to fall, but he knew man would fall. And uh, so we have throughout the rest of the Bible, God's redemption plan to try to get man back to right standing. And we'll go into that, too, next Sunday, like I said, in concerning the fall of man. And so, therefore, uh, we see that he, he, uh, he, he didn't plant seedlings. He planted trees, you know. And Adam himself... When God created him, wasn't a baby. He didn't create a baby; he created a man, and at least 20 years old. I think they consider a man. And uh, so, if anyone just came and saw Adam, they'd say, "We know how old you are. You're 20 years old." He said, "No, I was just born yesterday." <laughs> and and so when these scientists are saying how old this earth is and everything. Well, it may look that old, but it may not really be that old. And so uh, God has a way of, of making things mature fast and, and look like they're older than what they really are. Okay, uh, Brother Mickey, let's see about uh, man and woman then in Eden in 18 through 25. And it'll be about time for us to go. <laughs>
1: Verses 18 through 25, and the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them into Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to the ca- all the cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmate for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of the, his ribs, and closed up the flesh, and instead there instead thereof. And the rib which he, the Lord God, had taken from the man made he a woman, and brought her into the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and the wife, and were not ashamed.
0: Uh, but they were just in an innocent state at first and of course they were just a husband and wife there wasn't any children there and so uh, definitely uh, that has to I mean there's nothing wrong in a marriage between both of them being naked Uh, but the devil tries to get everybody's clothes off I think before then and uh I think he was behind the bikini really uh, because it just really changed how much skin was being shown uh, in the bathing suits but and then we know that when the uh, demonic was approached by Jesus it said he was naked and so the the devil's trying to get clothes off of people I guarantee you and uh, because he knows that it can stir evil passions uh, and uh, so anyway uh, there was nothing wrong with a husband and wife being naked. And, but before that we see that Adam was not uh, having a companion. When, when God brought all these animals for Adam to name he, he noticed each one had a companion because it was male and female, male and female. But he didn't have a female. (laughs) And so he didn't have a companion for him. And therefore, the Lord said, it is not good. Everything else he created was good. But he said, this isn't good for man to be alone. He needed to have this help me. And uh, so he created Eve in a special way than he did Adam, because he just made Adam out of the dust of the ground. But Eve, he performed an operation on Adam. And uh, as any surgeon would tell you, it's best to put that person to sleep before you operate on them. And so God showed this right away in the Word, that he put Adam to sleep first before he operated on him. And he may have not just taken a uh, rib out. I think that uh, Hebrew word for rib means side. He took quite a bit out of Adam. That when God created Adam, it said he made him male and female. So he had the female's part in him that God had to extract from him to make woman. And uh, they say that. You know, he, he made man, but he built woman. <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's, he really took more time with making Eve than he did making Adam. But we have Adam speaking for the first time when uh, God brings Eve to him. And in the marriage ceremony, usually the father will bring the bride down to the groom. And so after he made Eve, Adam was still asleep, and uh, so he, he uh, waited and brought her to him after he woke up. As uh, John Hagee said, he went to sleep and woke up married. <laughs> and, but anyway, he set that precedent for the, for the father to bring the bride. To the son and when Jesus comes back for his bride we're we're gonna find where it's the father that sends the son to get the bride because he said I don't know when I'm coming back only the father knows and uh, if you ever get a chance to see the film before the wrath that is a real good film illustrating the custom of the uh, Hebrew marriage and and how that they did exactly what Jesus said, you know, that, that first they were engaged, and then he went away to build onto his father's house a room or a place for his bride, and then he still had to wait for the father to say, go get your bride. And uh, then when they got, uh, when they went to get the bride, or she had to be ready at all times because she didn't know when the gr- bridegroom was going to come and uh, so they, they put her on this kind of a chair thing and they lifted her up which kind of shows in the rapture that w- we're going to be lifted up you know in the rapture and that is real neat if you get the chance to watch it I have it on DVD if anybody wants to borrow it uh, but anyway, that's what it's called, before the wrath. And uh, so when God brings Eve to Adam, it's the first time we hear Adam speak. Now, we don't know what language he spoke. It probably wasn't English, I don't think. Uh, but And the names of the animals probably weren't in English. He didn't say cow, dog, like we call them. Uh, but he he spoke either Hebrew or we don't know what he spoke. Uh, But uh, we know in the 11th chapter, it says the whole world was of one language. And uh, so then God had to come down and confound the languages. We'll maybe get to that because that is in the 11th chapter and we're supposed to go through the 11th chapter. Uh, So anyway, It's beautiful how that God had everything prepared and and the way he he brought uh, the woman to the man and uh, quoted what Jesus quoted in Mark 10, where he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and that's the way it should be. They shouldn't be living still in the parents' house after they get married. Uh, because they're to leave and then to cleave, (laughs) and to uh, start their own family and their own life together. Uh, Sometimes it's just not economic where they do have to stay a while in in one of the parents' houses, but that isn't what God intended. He intended them to leave and to start their own. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for the beautiful plan that you have for man and also woman. And we thank you for the fact that you have everything under control and that you are coming again soon for the uh, wedding of the bride with the groom. And we pray that you'll help us to always be ready because we know not what day or hour that you are coming. And, Lord, we thank you for this day, for being with the service to follow, for your anointing upon every part of the service, moved by your Spirit. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: God bless you. We went about five minutes.